Hey there, welcome to another episode of Mark G. Richardson's Remodeling Mastery. This series is brought to you by Surefire Local. We have a special episode this week where we go back to episode 91, which relates to the topic of money. In this first part, Show Me the Money, Mark goes into money and the buzz it creates in the remodeling industry. Take a listen in. Over to you, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that has many different diverse topics that are intended to help you understand and take your business to the next level. What I try to do is take a topic that I think is especially relevant at the time, really give you a chance to really listen to, think about it, and certainly pass it along to other key team members in your business. This podcast series is supported by NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, as well as Professional Remodeler Magazine. It's also produced by Surefire Local. The topic I want to get into today is very much relevant to the times we're in. I've titled it, Show Me the Money. We're dealing with an environment right now where we're seeing really strong appreciation, unemployment being very low, stock market being fairly strong, the scarcity of new homes as being certainly less. So it's created a level of buzz and excitement out there and a demand for remodeling activity that's is about as strong and as good as certainly I've seen in the last 10 or 15 years. What's interesting about it is just because there's a lot more demand, it doesn't mean that the business is easier. It doesn't mean that you're able to make more money in the business. So let me just talk a little bit about some of the things I'm seeing that are going on. And if the more you understand the why about it, the more I think you're able to adjust and tweak what you're doing within your business. So let's just talk about kind of the cost of remodeling projects today. You know, when you look at some of the key elements out there that go into the remodeling projects, you have material cost, you have labor cost, you have subcontracted cost, and you have certainly the overhead and business cost. Now, what's interesting is if you take each one of those isolated costs, starting with material as an example, we're seeing some escalation in costs that's really creating, I think, a lot of challenge, I think, for many remodelers out there. Cabinet manufacturers, purely as an example, when we hit the wall in the recession, they were kind of dragging their feet and really putting through price increases about every two or three years. Where now we're seeing with many of the major manufacturers, you know, price increases twice a year. We're also seeing certainly the challenge in labor, and we certainly read about that. But the reality is that the labor is really costing us more when we look at it on an annualized basis. And I would argue for most good remodeling companies, it's anywhere from 10 to 15 percent, whether it's because of the wages, whether it's because of retention, or whether it's because of benefits that you're having to do. What's also another key element when it comes to the costs of remodeling projects is the cost that the subcontractors are charging you. Subcontractors in remodeling are oftentimes very small business people, whether they're plumbers, electricians, HVAC, drywall, whoever it happens to be. Right or wrong, that community, when there's a scarcity of work, they tend to lower their prices. 
when there's an abundance of work, which is the conditions we're experiencing right now, they tend to raise their prices. You know, in some cases, we're seeing literally 20 or 30 percent higher in terms of these small subcontractors within six to 12 months later. So when you add up all of those and then you overlay the business costs, including procurement of the permits, regulatory issues, and all of the normal cost of doing business today, each one of those inching forward is causing remodeling projects to cost the homeowner about 25% more than it did in the past, the past being the last, say, 12 to 18 months. And you really think about that in, in kind of very simplistic terms. When is the rubber band going to break? You know, when is it that a kitchen remodel or a bath remodel or doing all new windows is, in fact, going to be too much of a level of investment? But the challenge is not only in terms of the client and what they're experiencing in terms of these costs, but the real squeeze is also in terms of the business itself. And if you look at these, if you're out there looking at a prospective project and you're putting together costing, you're putting together fixed price contracts on these co pro projects for homeowners out there, and then you see each one of these start to slip or start to creep and cost you more and more and more, all of a sudden you're going to see your profitability erode. So on the one hand, we're seeing top line go up. On the other hand, we're seeing the bottom line or the profitability actually, as a percentage at least, go down. And that's certainly not the place that you want it to be. So again, just to isolate the specific cost and understand more what's happening out there. So here's some things that I would encourage that you do uh, in terms of some tips on this subject. One is you want to consider to increase your markups. Now, I'm not saying that you want to increase them 10, 20 percent just in one swoop. You know, the reality is for most of the teams out there, they're not used to that kind of adjustment. Uh, the homeowners are not used to that kind of adjustment that you do. So if, in fact, you want to increase your markup, what you might want to do is on a quarterly basis, put it on your calendar, that you're going to increase your markup on the new work that you're looking at 2 to 3 percent per quarter. So at the end of the year, you're looking at an 8 to 12% increase, which is going to help this profit erosion that I'm talking about. The second, which I know is going to be contrary to some people out there, and that is you want to start to think about using more allowances in your agreements with your clients, not less. Now, I have always been kind of an advocate, like many of you, that you want to button down as many of the answers as you can. And certainly from a flow and logistics point of view, that's a smart thing to do. However, today, because of these increases and because of the time that you're signing the contract and the time you're actually purchasing the material and paying for the material or selections of faucets or whatever it happens to be, we're seeing that the costs are creeping up. Why should you be bearing kind of the burden of that, especially if it's within four to nine months of a period of time, as opposed to transferring some of that risk over to the homeowner? By simply building in more logical 
allowances, whether they're focused on material costs, whether they're focused on subcontractor costs, or even putting in more allowances when it comes to the amount of hours and labors involved, uh, might in fact help you to counterbalance this cost creep that we're seeing. Another is that you want to maybe get with your, your trade contractors and subcontractors and suppliers. And what you want to do is you want to let them know when it is specifically you want to be doing this project, but also knowing that the project timing might slip out a little bit, you want to make sure that they're guaranteeing you the pricing for that period of time. Now, by getting that guarantee, they may need to give you a little bit of a higher price on the project, but if you can at least know what that higher price is, even if it's, say, a quarter or half a percent or one percent more, I think getting that guarantee at least allows more predictability. Another way that you can think about this, I think, is focus on the whole issue of your team members as well. You know, the reality is your team wants to be happy first and foremost. And with the level of uh, money that's out there today and the amount of labor shortage there is, you know, many of your people are going to be lured away from you. The cost that that is to you, the learning cost, the cost of what it is in terms of increased wages, you certainly want to have the right level of wages. However, just as importantly, you want to build kind of a vision of happiness as well as uh, growth within the business as well as where they can go. The more you're focusing on your talent, the more you'll retain the talent. The more you retain the talent, the more efficiencies that you'll see. Another is to try to kind of adjust your relationship a little bit when you're out looking at new projects with clients. And this is kind of more of a subtle thing, but it's really an important thing. As I've thought about this, I think about stockbrokers as an example, or wealth managers. You know, a wealth manager, when they're kind of developing a financial plan for you or developing, wanting to work with you in terms of managing your funds, you know, one of the things they oftentimes will say up front is they do not have any control over the stock market or the bond market. But what they do have control over is their advice and keeping you in, in, the, in sync with that. Now, if you start to change that paradigm of what your relationship is with your clients and you really let them know that, you know, look what's happening in terms of some of the cost increases that are out there. Look what's happening in terms of some of the political environment with the tariffs and, and other things that affect the cost of things. And I think the more that they're empathetic of your situation, you can then build that into your agreements with the clients, whether it's some escalation kind of things or, in fact, some tolerance that from moving from preliminary design to detailed planning into the construction that there may be some variation. Another element, <clears throat> and probably the one of the final ones I want to talk about with this is that, you know, when it comes to this creep, when it comes to hitting the profitability margins that you want, I think more than ever, it's, it's a team sport. And I think the more that you can address this subject with your key members of your team, make it a topic in your leadership meeting. You know, what are the top 10 ways that we can improve our profitability? What are some of the ways that we can get the right level of a buy-in? And then hold some of the individual team members accountable for some of the efficiencies and some of the improvement. 
if you can see this more as a team sport and not just you're predicting what something's going to cost and then the outcome is just uh, much lower than what you want it to be, I think you're going to be more successful. The bottom line, I think, in all of this topic that we're getting into today is it's more important than ever with the speed of business today, with the number of variables, with the proliferation, certainly of all the alternatives out there and the clients being more controlling than ever, you want to really not fly blind. You want to know your numbers inside and out. You know you want to know where you're making your money and not making your money. But at the end of the day, you're in business also to make a profit. Your profit is very honest. It's very respectable. And when you work so hard and you're actually seeing less profitability, even though your top line is creeping up, then that's not a formula for long-term success. So I encourage you, if not anything else, in listening to this podcast, take some time to really reflect on this subject. Take some time to have more dialogue and discussion with your team. Go back and kind of turn over some rocks and look at, on an individual project basis, what's happening in terms of this. And I think you'll realize that not only this subject is really critical and important, but there is something you can really do about it. So again, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I encourage you to go back and actually subscribe to this so you have access to all the different episodes. I've actually done over 75 episodes on different topics that can really help you improve your business. And if you do that, you will absolutely not only have some clarity in what you're doing, but you're also going to see better results. So again, I want to thank my friends at National Association of Remodeling Industries for supporting this. Certainly thank my friends at Professional Remodeler and all of their kind of level of expertise in this business, as well as Surefire Local for producing this great podcast for you. Take care, everyone. I wanted to take a moment here to step back in before the next part. As you just learned, there are a lot of challenges when it comes to cost but there are a lot of ways to overcome these obstacles. Now take a listen in to Mark's previous episode, Talking Money, and see if you are communicating the same way. Back to you, Mark. Today, the topic I'm going to be getting into is really relevant to, I think, so many things out there, and it's really critical to your success, and that is how to go about talking about money. You know, this is a topic that, as I look at different organizations and businesses, big and small, oftentimes the difference between success and failure or a good business and a great business has to do with their skill sets and their ability to be able to talk about money. You know, oftentimes when I'm training folks in the sales process and in the remodeling process on this subject, I really talk about there's so many very specific steps, very specific courses, just like a student in school, if you have five courses, you want to make sure that every single course is getting a B or better if, you, in fact, you want success. However, I think what most remodelers do and have is they really challenge with this whole subject of talking about money. Now, needless to say, this is not a skill set that you were ever designed or you were ever trained and educated to be good at. Most remodelers got into the business because they had some sawdust in their blood. Most remodelers have a real passion when it comes to 
the design and when it comes to the products and the installation, much, much more so than being more of a financial planner and an expert in how to discuss the finances on a project. However, you think about kind of the metaphor of getting the grades on in school, you know, what you need to do is focus on five or six or seven of these courses. One of them is budgeting and talking about money. And if you're not getting a B or better on that, you're really pulling all the grades down. You're not able to really fulfill, I think, the client's dreams, but also you're not able to get the right level of close rate, certainly, that you're looking for. So let's talk about why and put you on the sofa for a minute here as a therapist, and that is why is it hard for you to talk about money? Why is it hard that the skill sets aren't there? Well, the first reason I believe, having trained and worked with many, many sales reps as well as owners on this subject, is fear. And there's so many legs to the element of fear, but the first is you're afraid of getting a no. When I bring up the subject of money to a prospective client, chances are it's kind of drumroll decision time. And you're just developing this relationship with this client. You happen to like this client. So sometimes avoiding talking about money allows the relationship to go on to a next date, allows that you can really enjoy that further. You know, you don't want to end this relationship. And oftentimes where the relationship is ended is, in fact, because of talking about the money, not because of talking about the relationships or talking about the project. I think another fear is you're afraid to be wrong. And I think the techniques and how you go about money, uh, as I'll discuss a little bit later here, really help you, I think, more effectively uh, to, to really uh, find a better way to communicate it. Another is knowledge. You know, oftentimes you think talking about, knowledge, uh, about money is really tied into having the right level of knowledge about what things cost. Well, the reality is that is true. However, as I'll talk a little bit more, talking about money is more about a dialogue, a conversation, than it is about specific costs. So you have to have knowledge, obviously. However, this knowledge you need to have is just enough that you can have the conversations. And as I'll talk about, there's different techniques to be able to do that. Another reason I think you're afraid to talk about money is oftentimes the client is more knowledgeable than you at really a couple different levels. One, of course, with the Internet today, there's a level of transparency in terms of their knowledge of money and costs, but also uh, when it comes to financial elements, when it comes to financing in particular. You know, being able to discuss financing is really critical, and that's one of the reasons I think my friends from service finance are especially interested in this and their commitment to really helping and training you to talking about money and educating you about financing. But as you really think about this for a moment, your clients are oftentimes pretty successful people. Well, pretty successful people probably have gone through different financial and financing opportunities in their life. And when you go through this many, many times, you really learn to be more, uh, uh, have a higher degree of acumen when it comes to financing. I know I was fortunate enough to buy my first home and buy some land when I was very, very young. 
Well, as I reflect back, that really allowed me to have the knowledge of financing, have the knowledge of different kind of programs that were out there, and therefore I felt more comfortable discussing the subject with clients. At least we had a level playing field. I wasn't necessarily more expert than them, but I certainly wasn't fearful that they knew more than I did. And the last reason, I think, is a little bit more of a fun, indirect reason, but it really does exist, and that is another reason it's tough to talk about money is your mother. Your mother said to you as a child, it's not polite to talk about money. It's not polite to talk about how much people make. It's not polite to talk about how much things cost. And I think for many very honest, sincere people, there's some fundamental discomfort there when it comes to talking about money, because that's really what you experience, I think, early on. So the reality is, I think that you want to really understand, you know, what is money anyway? You know, there's been so many interesting kind of quotes about this. I was reading one recently that said, money's an illusion. You know, money, time is money, Ben Franklin said. So you got to get your head around in the context of remodeling. What exactly is money anyway? Well, the first thing is money is just a fact. Money is just a fact, just like other elements in remodeling. As you think about this for a minute, you know, houses, for example, if you're designing something for a house or you want to orient, you'd like to know where north and south is. That's just a fact. Here's the house. This direction is south. You know, if you're thinking about it in terms of styles of houses, different kind of windows, uh, if, if this particular house has double-hung windows versus casement windows, it may imply that it's a little bit more traditional as opposed to contemporary. It's just a fact. You know, how much a client wants to invest into a project might be a little bit of a variable, but it's just a fact. You know, how much things cost or rough ranges of what things cost are just a fact. So if you start to think about it in a very similar way that you do other elements as you survey clients in terms of levels of investment. I mean, imagine for a minute if you were in the real estate business and you were working with a prospective client. One of the natural questions, obviously, if you want to help them buy a home, is to ask them what they're comfortable investing in to that home. You know, that's not an unreasonable question, and you're going to look at it in deeper ways in terms of level of financing, monthly payments, how they want to go about financing, how much money they want to put down into it. It's just a fact. It's just information that is required to ultimately create their dream and help it come true. I think another one is it really also determines kind of the level of quality, not only the quality in terms of the specifications, but also the fantasy the client can achieve. If a client wants to invest $10,000 versus fifty dollars versus $100,000, it has a dramatic effect, obviously, of what they want to do. It has a dramatic effect of your advice and how you want to approach it. And quite frankly, it, is, it even has an effect of whether you are appropriate or not to be helping that particular client. If your sweet spot in terms of projects are $10,000 projects, then you ought to be pretty careful that if, in, in fact, the client wants to invest a lot less or a lot more than that. 
Another element when it comes to money is that it's their money, not yours. One of the biggest mistakes I see when it comes to remodeling, remodeling salespeople, is they're almost offended by the fact that the client wants to spend less than what's required or what you think the budget should be. The more that you realize it's their money, not yours, it's their budget, not your price, the more successful you can be. Think of yourself kind of like a doctor. All they're doing is giving you the symptoms and the pain, and then what it's your job is to prescribe the right medicine for them. And I think the more that you realize that it's them that is the patient, not you, don't be offended by the, what the facts are, and then you can come up with the best solution. And if you can, and it does in fact fit, then the likelihood of you getting this project is much, much more than not. And lastly, I think when it comes to remodeling and when it comes to remodeling money, is money really is a choice. It's a choice of how much they want to invest into something, how important it is, how much of a priority, how excited, quite frankly, they are. And it's really, I think, up to you as a financial advisor to give them all the facts and figures and all the insights and benefits of the return on investment that they're going to get for the particular type of projects. Think about this in other major purchases that you've made. You've gone to buy a car and you've said to yourself, you know, our budget for this particular car is $30,000. That's all we want to spend. And, of course, a good car representative, one of their key things is to get you in the car and get you on a test drive. They're going to allow that car itself to help you determine what the budget and what the investment is. Of course, that car representative then wants to immediately, once they find the product and service for you, they want to then guide you in terms of the best way to go about investing into this. Needless to say, financing is one of the key ways to do that. And I think if remodelers can become more proficient at not only the money talk, but also more expert in financing alternatives, you're going to be able to guide your client more effectively. So needless to say, I think it's clear so far in this podcast that I'm pretty passionate as it, as it relates to, you know, mainly being able to help the client. And you're really not helping the client very effectively unless you're fully talking about all the elements. So let's talk about mastering talking about money. You know, what is it really going to give you at the end of the day? If you're really good at the subject of financing, if you're really strong at knowing how to discuss money with the client, you know, what kind of outcome are you going to see? Well, needless to say, you're going to close more sales. You're going to also see improved close rate. Close rate is all about your effectiveness and your efficiencies. You might also, if you're able to talk about money, see your average ticket move up a little bit higher. And you're also going to waste less time. Now, I'm not saying wasting less time is going to then allow you to sell more, but you might spend that time more in personal activities or interests and, and be able to see a better return on your investment. For those that really are passionate about remodeling, you might get more cool projects to work on if you're able and more comfortable to talk about the money. And you'll also create at the end of the day, which is really, I think, what the core of everything is, is creating more delighted clients. Creating more delighted clients oftentimes, I think, for many, as I survey remodelers, is really what it's all about. So let me give you a few insights and tips to how to get better at this subject.
And I will say, if you want to be kind of an all-star level remodeler, all-star level player, this subject is one of the differences between the great ones and the good ones out there. So the first thing is, is kind of the whole paradigm of who you are. You know, when you look in the mirror in the morning, what do you see? Do you see a remodeler? Do you see a designer? Do you see a construction expert? Do you see a craftsman? You see someone who wants to get out and just help the clients and make them happy. All those things are obviously things that you see, but what I also want you to see as you're deeply looking in that mirror is a financial expert, a financial planner, a financial advisor. When you see yourself as a financial advisor, you will then need to have certain skills. And some of those skills are really some of the things that you need to be able to be better at. You know, just like if you go to a financial advisor, when it comes to your 401k or investment, they have certain knowledge and, and skills that are important, I think, for you to really be better at. So the first I think I want to talk about is you need to understand and know how to talk about budgeting. You know, budgeting is a dialogue, not an estimate. Budgeting is a dialogue, not an estimate. Now, as a dialogue, you need to know how to ask opening questions. One of the easiest questions to ask as you're starting this little dance when it comes to talking about money after you've built kind of the value in the process is asking the client, have you thought about the level of investment that they'd like to put into this project? That's not giving them a price. That's not, you know, going for the juggler, going for the clothes. It's just a simple question. It's no different than if you're a realtor asking the client, have you thought about the level of investment or the price level that you'd like to be at in terms of buying a new home? It's, it's, it's about helping the client. Now, needless to say, most of the time, 80% of the time, the client's going to hit the ball back and say something like, well, you know, I'm really not sure. Or they might say to you, that's one of the reasons we're having this discussion and having you out to my home. 80% of the time, that's what the client's going to say. So the response, again, is a ping pong uh, uh, game here is, would it be helpful if I shared what projects of this magnitude generally cost? Again, no different than a realtor or another financial expert, would it be helpful if? Needless to say, every single client out there wants you to be helpful, and therefore they're going to give you the license to be able to be that financial guide and advisor. Great. Then you're going to give them some direction and ways to look at how to think about the level of investment. That might be drawing them a little diagram of the parts and pieces of the scope of the work. It might be pulling out some information in terms of what different kinds of things cost based on your experiences. But now you're going to, you've got the keys to the car, so to speak, to have the financial discussion with the client. Now, needless to say, You've got to build value before you get into budgeting discussion. And the reason is, once you get into a budgeting discussion and a financial discussion with a client, they need to see the value of not only your product, your service, but also see the value in you. People are going to buy when the price, when the price uh, is, is lower than the actual value that they're gaining. 
Another important element in terms of the mindset of talking about money is today people more than ever buy emotionally, but they rationalize their decisions logically. What you need to do is pepper in throughout the whole process with clients a lot of logic in terms of not only why to do this project, why to do this project now, but also why to do this project with you. You know, do not make it all about the hype and excitement and the passion and how wonderful everything's going to be. Make it also about the logic that includes the return on investment, includes monthly payments, includes, you know, ways that they're going to see if they put this off money vaporizing through either interest rates going up in the future or they might see things vaporizing based on additional job costs. The language that you use when you're wanting to become a financial expert and be better at talking about money is really important. And I'm going to give you a few words that maybe you can pepper in to your kind of vocabulary. And what you want to do is start to use these words and use sentences with these words if you want to change this kind of image that they have of you. You know, do they see you as a craftsman? Do they see you as a designer? Do they see you just as that technical remodeling advisor? Or do they also see you as someone that is taking care of their greatest asset? their home. So some budgeting language and words that you want to try to use are the word budget. You want to use the word respectful, that you want to be trying to be respectful to the level of investment. You want to use the word explore, exploring different alternatives. That's implying that you're doing that on a financial just as much as a design side. You know, the magnitude of what something costs. Financial planning. You know, start also to use the words like retainer or return on investment. You know, talk about levels of risk. Your sophisticated clients think in terms of levels of risk as it, as it relates to the investment. And there are certain types of projects that have higher levels of risk, such as bathroom and kitchen remodeling, compared to, let's say, an outside deck. So you want to talk about the levels of risk when it comes and the levels of investment. But try to avoid words like investment or words like estimate and price. By avoiding those words and talking more about budgeting and levels of investment, what you're doing is you're positioning yourself better at being a a financial advisor. Another important element in terms of talking about money is talking about using ranges when you're talking about money. Now, using ranges is one of the more important, I think, details and skills when it comes to talking about money. So why do you want to use ranges? For example, to say, you know, this project uh, looks like it's going to be somewhere between thirty and 50000 as opposed to about 40000 So here's some reasons. Number one, you're always correct when you're using ranges. You know, you're not wrong. Even if you're very knowledgeable what things cost when you say about 40000 it if it ends up being 41000 you're wrong. In their mind, you said forty. So you want to use ranges, I think, when you're talking about money. Second is, by using ranges, you make it more of a conversation. They're going to react to a range, which they'd also react to a number, but they're going to react to a range, and therefore it becomes more of a conversation that you can have with them. 
It also allows you to make it happen right away. If you're not sure of what something is, just widen the range. It's not that difficult to do. And it certainly adds credibility and adds professionalism. There's a lot of different elements when it comes to talking about money that you can master. And I'm going to continue to have dialogue uh, on our Remodeling Mastery series and certainly with the talking money kind of segments of this to really help you, I think, improve and take it to the next level. So some of those elements you we're going to get into in the future is different kinds of financing techniques and how to use financing as a sales tool and not necessarily just a means to pay for it. How do you talk about subjects like transparency of the money? How do you talk about how to give breakdowns? We're going to get into some of these subjects in the future on future podcasts. So I encourage you to not only listen to and subscribe, but also you make it kind of an active part of your week while you're driving along to listen to a Remodeling Mastery podcast. So I want to summarize with three E's. You know, I'm a big believer. If you can kind of summarize things down in a simple kind of way, the likelihood it's going to become sticky, I think, is so much greater. And as it relates to talking about money, the three E's today are make it easy, discuss it early, and do it every time. Make it easy is all about having the client understand it. The use of different visual cues and language. Make it easy in terms of diagrams. Make it easy for them to understand it. Number two is do it early. You want to start to pepper in not necessarily the cost or the ranges early on, but at least the discussion and dialogue about money early on in the process. You know, you want to position yourself as, again, this financial sage and advisor and not just a product peddler. And the third is do it every time. The only way that you're going to get really, really good at this is to practice. And the only way you're going to get practice is if you really attempt to do it every single time. So again, I want to thank you for listening to this special edition of Remodeling Mastery. And talking about money is so critical for your future. And I also want to thank the support, certainly, of Service Finance, as well as those that continue to support this podcast and produce this podcast when it comes to the folks in the industry that are really the leaders. And that certainly includes Professional Remodeler, as well as NARI, the National Association of Remodeling Industry. And again, special thanks to my friends at Surefire Local with the assistance of helping to produce this particular podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Mark. You just listened to episode 107 of Mark G. Richardson's Remodeling Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. Hopefully you were able to get a better grasp at the concept of money and how it is changing every day in the industry. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time.